This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. The trip of a lifetime is happening this October, October 8th to the 14th of 2023, to be exact. Come explore Rome with Tiffany and me. We'll take you on amazing walking tours and expand your understanding of Italian and even world history, as well as art, architecture, and so much more. You'll see the Rome that most locals know and most visitors miss. Here's a message we received last week from one of our listeners. Hi, Katie and Tiffany. I was so excited to hear about your fun trip coming up in October on this episode this week. I actually just had a friend who had a tour with Tiffany in Rome uh, for just one day, and uh, he cannot stop talking about how wonderful it was. So I can only imagine a week's worth of tours, seeing the hidden gems of Rome. It sounds like a spectacular time. I hope I'm able to join you. We're only offering 10 rooms to 10 listeners and their guests. It will be a small, intimate experience that might never happen again, but will be absolutely unforgettable. As one listener who has already claimed their spot said, it feels so great to see it on the calendar. I couldn't agree more. So claim your spot. Join us in Rome this year. This year! You can get more information by emailing bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Now, on with the show! Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is away this week, but I am joined by Isadora Salcedo. She is a visual artist. She recently published a graphic novel called Diaries of an Au Pair about her experiences caring for other people's children while living abroad and her life as a migrant in Germany and Austria. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy it worked out in the end. <laughs> oh, we had a few connection problems, but we're finally here. Yay. So I'm curious, since this is a show that a lot of people call themselves expats on, why do you like the term migrant as far as when you describe your own experience? I don't know. I always, like, I recently bumped into the term expat, and we always thought with my friends that's ourselves as migrants. Uh, so actually, like, when I was researching podcasts about migration, I bumped into the term expats, and I discover usually people from North America or, like, Europe, talk themselves as expats and people from South America refer themselves as immigrants. So for me, it was like really new concept. So where were you living before you moved abroad? I was living in Chile in my hometown. I studied in my hometown and I always wanted to move abroad after finishing university. That was like my plan. And then I wanted to study, uh, but I finished the university covid yes uh, so it wasn't so easy to move abroad and that's how i bumped into the au pair program because it was one of the few visas that were open to move abroad during covid hmm. so actually it was very funny because i got my visa approved the 10th of march and i was flying the 18th of march on the 1 of april they closed the border in chile for eight months oh. and nobody could leave the country for eight months wow so you barely made it out. <laughs> I barely made it out. Wow. Well, for the people who don't know, what is an au pair? An au pair is 
a cultural exchangement that you take care of other children, of other people's children living abroad, and you receive like housing, food, and they call it pocket money, and it differs from country to country. Basically, it's a cultural exchange, and you're sort of like a nanny. Right. So it gives you a chance to move abroad, but you're not getting rich doing it, basically. It gives you a place to live. Yeah. And like the security, like with my friends, we always said like, yeah, you move to like another country and like the same night you have like a bed, like a fridge, uh, everything. You have like a schedule and it's very like planned. So it's, it's kind of very secure in that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if somebody doesn't feel so comfortable, like for, I don't know, looking for a flat and then they're language or like for a job it's it's very cozy let's put it in that way sometimes yes having read your graphic novel I know that it it was not all easy for you but let's start with your first family as an example of how it could go when you do move abroad so where did you end up going who did you connect with I open a profile on like an au pair page after three weeks I sign a contract with a family in the south of Germany they lived in a small town called Tübingen, and I never had heard about it. And I had the feeling, okay, I'm going to move in the middle of nowhere, but they seemed really nice. And the foreigner pair was like, they're super nice. I love them. And I was like, okay, they're my people. But I didn't do any research much about the town. I was like, okay, there's a bigger town next to it. So I've probably always be there. And if you move abroad, I recommend researching more. Yeah. <laughs> So I just got really good surprises. I lived in a university town and I took care of a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. And the family like, was great. We connected really, really quick. And actually, like, I still live in Germany now and I visit them. I visit them like every once in a while and I stay over and like I go to their birthday. So it's, it's like my second family. And the schedule was very comfortable. The mom was a German teacher, so she helped me to study a lot. And I have something weird that usually au pairs don't have. Usually when you're an au pair, you live with the family in their house or apartment or wherever. But the family, they had an extra flat. So I had a flat next door to their flat. So I had like my own space. So I always invite people over. I always made dinners. I always invited people for drinks. And since all my friends were au pairs, my apartment was like the meeting place. Like when we wanted to do something, it was like, yeah, let's go to Easy's apartment. <laughs> so I had like a lot of independence, a lot of freedom and the apartment was next door. So it was like, I want cookies or I'm hungry or I don't know. I want to see other people. I just walked to the next door and was in their apartment. And, and I went on holidays. I, yeah, I went to Croatia. I did a lot of stuff. It was a really great year. Did you not have the option to just stay with them since it was such a great experience? Like, how does that work contract-wise? Contract-wise, that's disappointing because the only country you can extend is the U.S. actually. Mm. You can't extend in other countries. So it's a contract for one year. And if you're European in Europe, I think you can't extend depending on the country. But I couldn't. And the family actually, when I was trying to do the switch to Austria... We saw the possibility of trying to stay more, but I wanted to apply to a scholarship that I couldn't live that long in Germany. So in the end, we had to like cut it. But we were both like, oh, this is working so great for all of us. And like we had a great relationship with the girls. So it was 
Like we all wish it would have lasted longer. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it must have been hard to say goodbye. I, I get the impression from reading your your book that you all really loved each other by the end of that year. So it must have been a challenge to move on. Yeah, I think I think it happened to all the girls. Like I knew the girl before me and the girl after me. And like the girl after me, she was like, I cried nonstop. <laughs> and the girl before, she was like, I was the same. Wow. And it was sad, actually. The little girl told her mom, like, this is so hard. Like, every year I have to say goodbye to the people that I love and I can't handle this anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It'd be hard on the kids, too, if they love you. So you move on to Austria. And, of course, you have this amazing experience behind you. How are you feeling when you move to Austria to the next adventure and to the next family? I was really excited. I was going to live in Vienna. Vienna is like a really artsy city. I was an artist and it sounded really good. And I was excited. I was like, okay, like this is again going to be like the time of my life. Um, and everything went very wrong, like from day one. Actually, day one was Labor Day, one of May. So I still have it like the day, but I was excited and I thought it was going to be great. And I think my expectations were too high. <laughs> So what happened? How did you first start to notice that things might not be as good this next time? Oof, several stuff. Like when I signed the contract, we had like problems to like coordinate, like my arrival date and those kind of stuff. Visa wise, there was like a lot of problems. And then I did something that I should have done before signing the contract. Like the mom was like a foreigner politician that had like a very fishy past and <laughs> um, so I was like oh this is gonna be like a soap opera and I arrived like in Vienna and like they're like we're not home we're gonna arrive like at night and I was like it's Labor Day everything is closed like where do you want me to go mm -hmm. and I remember like getting off the train being like really sweaty it was raining like I remember like, oh, they didn't have hot water and it was like a marble bathroom. So I was like, this is very ironic. And they were really abusive. I didn't have a schedule. The mom was like racist. And they said really mean stuff to me. It was, oh, it was really bad. And then from the beginning, I told them like, yeah, like you're not like respecting what we talked about, like, like time-wise and like, like benefits. They were very rich and very wealthy. And after I said that, they gave me my own apartment. But I lived like half an hour away from them. And that was nice because I really didn't like them. So it made it more bearable. But until now, I call it like the depression apartment because it was a very depressing period. And I remember like walking in Vienna. This is like a movie being like in these spectacular places and like crying my eyes out. Yeah. Yeah, so what happens then if you are if you're in a contract and you're this miserable, can you get out of it? What happens? In Austria, like my contract I could get out of in a week. Um they supposed me gave me holidays, so the plan was I will quit before my holidays, so they're forced to pay my holidays and I don't have to see them. In the end, like for me it wasn't like it was like if they don't pay me, I'm okay, but I just need to leave because like this is very toxic. And they said, we never gave you holidays, but like you can leave tomorrow. You just need to clean up the apartment. And I lasted three weeks. I never felt more miserable. <laughs> wow. And did you have a chance to talk to anybody else who had worked for them? 
yes, that was like the curious thing that I talked with a girl that was before she was from Vietnam and she was like, I had a great experience of really nice people. So I was like, okay, I'm in the safe side. And then I was on the safe side. And I think I was like in a very toxic circle as well because I was, all my friends or the girls that I knew were in the same situation. So it was just like, talking about our miserable lives while we saw like these amazing buildings <laughs> so it was very ironic and everything was like telenovela like in south america like i remember i had a friend that she worked for a very rich family and the family didn't trust her and she had a bodyguard so she had to be 24 7 with this newborn baby with her bodyguard in the back oh I feel really micromanaged when I work with the kids and she was like, yeah, me as well. You can ask the bodyguard. <laughs> wow. So so after that, you lost three weeks. I love you, the image of you crying in Vienna because we've talked about that feeling so much about both feeling like I'm so utterly lucky to be here and I'm just so unhappy while I'm here. Yes. It's that combination. Yes. So after you get free from these people three weeks later you've had one great experience you've had one awful experience now how are you feeling i'm feeling really tired and exhausting because uh, i decided to quit after a week and a half so in the week and a half uh, we had a very big fight it was about like food and schedule and then i was like i can't be here and then i started looking for another family so I was feeling very tired. I had my family and I told them like, I can start, but like, I need like a week of holidays. Like I need, I need to go away because I think I mean the holidays. So I went like to Prague, I went to Budapest and I was like, ooh, like this is great. And it really helped me because I really need like the holidays. So after that, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a fresh start. Like everything's going to be fine. And then I moved in with a new family and it wasn't so good as well <laughs> they live uh, an hour from Linz. they live like in a small village it was two thousand people uh-huh yeah it was very tiny so that was also awful that experience that was awful but in a different way i feel how so i i always think like when i lived in vienna it was like a psychological deal like i was being very like they treat me really bad and that kind of affected me and I didn't have a schedule so it was like I was constantly thinking because I was on call all the time so sometimes I saw a message and it was like come in three hours and it was like so I was always like I don't want to see the phone if I see it maybe I like don't have to go and the other thing I think when I moved to the second family it was like a physical jail mm. because I lived I lived in the countryside so there was not a lot of buses to go to town and I'm like very sociable and it was always raining so it was like okay I can't go anywhere and the family had a very different relationship with me like from my first family like I don't know with my first family like I was a very independent adult I had like all my adult freedoms like when it was my day off or my time off I could like stay in my bed all day or go out and, and I actually had I have a boyfriend that lives in Munich and I visit him on the weekends and I just went and go like of course there was like communication it's not that I disappeared but here I had to tell in advance what I was going to do in my days off and if I was going to go out so I didn't have the freedom of like using my own time so 
it was like a little bit like jail and as well a lot of au pairs commonly they have like food problems like they kind of starve and I never had that in Germany I could just eat whatever I wanted and here I had to ask every time I wanted to eat something and then I couldn't take food between meals and I had to buy my own snacks and if I wanted to go out I couldn't take snacks so in the end I was like spending a lot of money on food that I shouldn't I remember hiding food in my room like because I was kind of hungry so it, it really felt like jail wow so I mean so after those three do you just what do you do do you call it quits is that the end I kind of had to call it quit because the thing is, the family fired me in the end because my German was not good. That's right. I remember from your book that you were required to speak German with the kids. So they fired you because you couldn't speak German well enough, in their opinion. Yeah. So the thing is, after the two weeks that I got fired, um, they they didn't have this feeling that they wanted to throw me out. They were like, we don't want like you to become homeless, so you can stay working for us as long as you want. But there was several issues. Um, in Austria, you have to repay your visa every time you switch families. And I already did it twice, and it was like 300 euros. And again, it was like 150. And as an au pair in Austria, you make like 400. So it was, it was getting quite expensive, <laughs> yeah. like financial-wise. And on the other hand, I couldn't change families right away because I never had a visa. Mm. I was undocumented. Don't do that, people. It's bad and because the first family didn't pay for the papers correct. So I never had like a social security number. I was never like publicly insured. Like everything was like very under the rug. And I had a lot of problems to get my visa. So I couldn't move to a new family without the documents. So I had to stay with them for like at least three weeks. And then at that point I was like, okay, I have stayed here two weeks. I think I can't cope with three weeks more with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I had a ticket to visit my, my foreigner family in Germany. And I said, I'm not being back. I'm leaving with all my stuff. Uh, and I left to Germany. And so that's where you are now. So how have you, how have you managed to stay in Germany so far? Oh, it was a, it was a really big hustle because since I never had like a formal visa, like a working visa or a work permit, my tourist visa was gonna expire. I was on my tourist visa, and when this happened, my tourist visa was gonna expire like in two weeks. So I had two weeks to solve my problem, and I really didn't expect that situation. And so I had to leave Schengen and go to Ireland. So my visa could kind of get renewed and I got a new visa for Germany in Ireland. And I stayed three weeks in Ireland and I came back to Germany. And that was very unexpected. Wow. So given all your experience with this, would you recommend being an au pair to other people? <laughs> I loved it and I hated it. It was it was <laughs> the better the bittersweet. Like in all ways. I think it's I think it depends on the person, the personality, and totally the family. Like, my last family, they said to me when I left, we have had five old pairs, and you're the only one that didn't work. And for me, it was like, you can ask my family in Germany. So I think it depends on the person, on the family, and how much are you willing to sacrifice? Like, you're still, you're still living with a strange family you met online. If you think about the concept, it's really weird. 
like you speak two hours there video conference and then like two months later you're eating with them every day living with them you see their fights you see like their good days their bad days you see them in pajamas actually the first day i came my boyfriend and we arrived on a saturday at five and then like we chatted they showed me like everything and then we went like for a walk and we came back for dinner and i was like we need to leave it's, it's kind of getting late and he was like no your husband invited me to stay and i was like what what just happened and he was like, yeah, she said in German, like, how am I going to, like, drive so late at night? And I was like, we don't know these people. And then I remember the next morning, we were, like, having breakfast with the girls, with the parents. The girls were like, so what do you do? Like, tell us about you. And I was like, the situation is so weird. And for everybody, it was super normal. My boyfriend took lunch. Um, but those kind of stuff happened, like. It was the second time I saw them and everybody was in pajamas. And so it's a, it's a very intimate relationship in the end for both. But I, I still highly recommend it, even though like it didn't turn out so well in the end, I still highly recommend it. What about for yourself? Do you see yourself doing it again if you run out of your tourist visa again? <laughs> I don't think so because I'm getting kind of old for being an au pair. And I think it's something that I did. It was great. It was horrible. But I wanted to do again. Well, the book that you wrote is called Diaries of an Au Pair. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes so people can find it to your website. Is there anything else you want people to know about how to find you? You can visit me on my website. It's www.isidorasalcedo.cl. And if anybody has any questions about being an au pair, of the bittersweet of being an au pair, you can write me an email at um, Isidora Salcedo de la O1 at uh, gmail.com. Uh, oh, my English for a moment. <laughs> my English. I was starting to say it in Spanish. <laughs> Well, we'll put we'll put all of that in the show notes. And of course, when this episode comes out, we'll tag you on Instagram so you can find her that way also. Thank you so much for sending me this book in the mail. It was such a delight to read. And thank you for being on the show. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for the invitation. I had a great time. I'm happy you like the book. Yes, it was very fun to read. All right, uh, we'll leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen, and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thanks.